Welcome to our podcast, The Gen Z Debate, investigating and debating issues of our future. In this podcast, we use our individual subject knowledge to discuss questions that our generation faces about our future regarding climate change, the political and economic landscape and the scientific reasoning behind them. So for this first episode, we'll be considering hydrogen versus battery, the future of our transport. So obviously, a huge part of the greenhouse effect and the climate change problem is due to vehicle emissions of carbon dioxide that come from a result of burning petrol and diesel in cars. To solve this problem, the path engineers have taken is to move towards electric vehicles of two types, battery electric vehicles and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. So the first question we ask is, how do they work? Yeah, and the first thing to note is that they are both electric vehicles, but they just use electricity in different ways. So firstly, battery electric vehicles. It is very simple. We simply use energy from the grid to charge a huge lithium ion battery in the vehicle. This stores electrical energy in the battery, which is then transferred to the motors when needed to move the vehicle forward. And while for battery electric vehicles, all we really need to think about is the energy already generated by the grid to be used to charge the batteries. For hydrogen, we need to think about where we can actually get the hydrogen from in the first place. And the best option to isolate hydrogen is the electrolysis of water, which is full of hydrogen and oxygen, H2O. Basically, hydrogen is just a proton and an electron. So when the water hits a positively charged membrane, only the positive proton from the hydrogen atom can pass through, and the negative electron travels into a circuit above, and the oxygen is just released elsewhere. So the proton and electron are then joined on the other side of the membrane to form pure hydrogen without the oxygen. Okay, so both of these vehicles are virtually clean, not directly producing any emissions. However, they have their advantages and disadvantages, and what might these be? Yeah, absolutely. So hydrogen's number one advantage is its energy density. This basically means it store, stores more energy per kilogram of weight. And to give an idea of scale, hydrogen is over 200 more times energy dense than the best long range lithium ion batteries in electric vehicles right now. This leads to hydrogen's second advantage. It's long range. All we really have to do to increase range is increase the size of the hydrogen tank which is not a huge issue at all. While on the other hand, it is very difficult to improve the capacity of batteries by adding too much weight and taking up space. As the size of the battery increases, it then has to carry more weight, which doesn't give much aid to increasing the vehicle's range. This limits electrical vehicle range until we develop new technologies. Further struggle with battery electrics is that due to this capacity issue, it is going to be very difficult to make commercial electric planes trucks and boats, which require a lot more power and range. Hydrogen, however, could be the key to this. Well, from what I've heard so far, surely hydrogen cars are better. But then why are battery electric vehicles more successful? Well, to put it simply, battery electric cars became popular first, and Tesla was there to drive that. Tesla had the huge obstacle to over overcome, which is boosting battery production and at the same time manufacturing uh, the cars, which is a huge investment risk to do at a huge scale. And no one was ready to do that before Elon Musk. And for the same reasons, no company has taken the leap to drive the hydrogen industry forward in the same way. 
To give an idea of how little hydrogen infrastructure there is, there are only 15 hydrogen refueling stations in the whole of the UK. It is going to take a huge investment to get hydrogen to the level of battery electric infrastructure. Secondly, battery electric vehicles are significantly more energy efficient than hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, which is basically considering how much energy we generate and put into uh, the system versus how much energy is outputted to actually drive the vehicle forward. Battery electrics have approximately 65% efficiency overall, while hydrogen fuel cell vehicles have about 20% efficiency, which is pretty much the same as internal combustion engine vehicles right now. So electric cars cost per mile of charging use versus hydrogen use per mile is a lot cheaper, but hydrogen will decrease price with the infrastructure as it improves. So gasoline fuel prices are currently soaring. However, as I earlier said, both vehicles are only virtually clean. For battery electric cars, how clean it is depends on how clean the national grid is in that particular area. But in many cases, especially where battery electric cars are growing, this is not a huge issue at all, with battery electric still being a much better alternative to gasoline cars. The use of solar panels at charging stations, at homes, can cancel out the use of a potentially unclean energy grid. However, hydrogen is still the cleaner option as hydrogen vehicle production and recycling is also much cleaner than battery electric and gasoline vehicle, as it does not have to deal with the lithium ion batteries. We should also note that while the electrolysis needed to isolate hydrogen needs electricity to run, so far this is almost always from a clean source. And this is easy to do because the energy being used is only to provide for cars and solar or wind farms, etc. can easily provide for this on a plant by plant basis. So when we create uh, these plants that uh, carry out the electrolysis to isolate the hydrogen, uh, the electrolysis can be provided for through clean renewable energy sources such as solar or wind farms. And while we can just easily say, yeah, this is easy to do, this is actually a lot harder to do for uh, the whole of the national grid, which apply, uh, which provides for all electricity uses, not just for cars. So for battery electrics, it's going to be a lot e- harder to uh, make 100% clean um, providing for the electricity uses. So James, as we can see the advantages and disadvantages of these two electric cars, are they worth the investment? And to what extent will they be competing with each other? Well, in order to predict the future... Um, as much as we can we have to look at the present situation and clearly progress and innovation occurs where there is sufficient investment and necessity to do so as you mentioned tesla invested everything into battery electric vehicles and this drove the global supply and increased demand to a certain extent on a global scale as the supply made people become more aware of battery electric vehicles thanks to global advertising campaigns and Even simpler than this, people just saw these cars on the road and this triggered conversation amongst potential consumers. In the UK, for example, owning an electric car is massively incentivised by a number of government schemes. Apart from not having to pay emissions tax, an example of this is the UK plug-in car grant of up to £2,500 to contribute to buying an electric vehicle under the price of £35,000. However, these incentives are offered less as electric cars become more popular because they're not fulfilling their job as much. So as incentives and grants for battery electric vehicles decrease, 
incentives for hydrogen vehicles may well be significantly more if hydrogen cars continue to be a viable option in the long run, that the government wants to build to the same level as the battery electric vehicle consumption in the UK, but maybe around the world as well. So governments have invested in battery electric vehicle schemes as they are made available by companies such as Tesla. And I'm certain that hydrogen cars will increasingly be seen on our roads and more government investment will follow because of that. There are already government plans to fund a revolution in terms of a hydrogen sector of the economy. It's expected that four billion pounds will be unlocked in government funding by 2030. And it's estimated that 20 to 35 percent of the UK's energy consumption by 2050 will be hydrogen based. And so we are definitely seeing this investment in infrastructure planning starting to develop and cars will only benefit from this, as will the whole transport system in the future. Purely based on battery electric vehicles entering the market at a more developed stage earlier on, I don't see how hydrogen cars will match battery electric cars in terms of numbers on the roads by 2030. But over a middle to long term time period, there is great potential for hydrogen cars. Now, I keep mentioning 2030. The government have committed to no new petrol or diesel cars being sold in the UK from 2030 onwards. So the government certainly needs to be at the forefront of investing in electric vehicles and infrastructure in order to keep their promise. And at the moment, battery electric vehicles have the upper hand in the UK, simply due to car manufacturers producing more of these than hydrogen powered cars. However, that said, there are hydrogen cars available, such as the Toyota Mirai and the Hyundai Nexo. So these have had a slow uptake due to a lack of infrastructure. However, a few more car manufacturers will be entering the market in the years to come. So a global shift to electric cars is needed. But is this viable given the varying natures of worldwide economies and infrastructure? Well, we have to remember that the world develops at different rates. In the UK, we have a grid with a 75.8 gigawatt capacity. However, if all the cars in the UK were electric vehicles and charging from the grid at home, at the typical charging rate of 7 kilowatts, it would reach over 229 gigawatts, which is three times the current average UK grid capacity. This means that energy supply, efficiency and capacity for a first world country such as the UK presents a problem. So take a country with a very limited national grid, Nigeria, home to Lagos, which has been proclaimed the West African industrial centre and has been further expected to boom in the future. Well, the national grid in Nigeria has collapsed more than 200 times in the last nine years, resulting in blackouts. This means that battery electric vehicles here are not going to be viable, given the current circumstances. Governments want development and not necessarily sustainable energy and cars. Kenya has just 350 electric vehicles of the country's 2.2 million cars. Truly global infrastructure is needed. A desire for electric vehicles is needed. And this relies on a stable economy where people are able to afford cars, incentivised by the government to help over from the switch from uh, usual combustion engines to battery electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles and this will in turn battle climate change at the same time. Now Kenya is known to have the largest and most developed economy in East and Central Africa but 36.1% of its population lives below the poverty line compared with 11.4% in the US. Thus 
on a consumer market basis, electric cars may struggle in lower to middle income countries um, as, as they're phased into supply. And like when we're considering the economy and government incentives and, uh, and company incentives, we really come to this question of, especially for hydrogen, is it worth investing in the infrastructure? For example, well, for hydrogen, it's sort it's acting as a fuel while while it is an energy store. It's acting as a fuel, replacing gasoline. Is it worth investing in this infrastructure, replacing the already in place gasoline infrastructure? That it's very similar that you just fill you fill a tank. Is it worth the economic damage for the benefits of hydrogen that we get, such as the long range? Sure. So leading governments such as the UK have set targets such as no new diesel and petrol car sales after 2030, as I've mentioned. Now, they don't care how they get to that target as long as they get to that target, because this will show that they're committed to their long term goals. Now, they will invest in the current trend, and that seems to be battery electric vehicles. Governments, especially in democracies, tend to be very myopic as they need to be elected every few years. Thus, long-term plans are often not made as they cannot guarantee long-terms in power. So will the long-term promise and implementation of hydrogen infrastructure be making waves when we have already BEV infrastructure being pushed by companies around the world? Probably not. And just for context, BEV, shorthand for battery electric vehicles. And yeah, this is where we're sort of coming, we're coming to a real debate here of where where we're firstly considering are countries even going to invest in both of these? And as we've seen, the UK has made promises while other countries around the world may not be thinking about that right now as they're thinking about developing their economies in other ways. And we also come to the the debate of the already in place battery electric vehicle infrastructure and the hydrogen infrastructure that we really need to push for and the advantages and disadvantages of both of these technologies where battery electrics are much more efficient we already have the infrastructure while hydrogen we see a lot more of it in our future where it can um it can supply for long range needs and this is where we come to the point perhaps we should consider both options we could boost both types of electric vehicles because the number one enemy is climate change. The priority, the priority, especially for developed countries, is to simply remove gasoline vehicles from use as fast as possible. Who cares which is better? As at least they are both cleaner than gasoline. However, the economic impact is too large not to consider. For example, the short range on battery electric would have a huge productivity issue if we just... For example, that 2030 deadline in the UK, after that, there won't be any more production uh, or uh, selling of uh, gasoline cars. And obviously their rate will decrease by a huge amount. We can't just rely on battery electrics as the UK is a small, the UK is a small country, but still people need to get from uh, one place to uh, one side of the country to another. And this is going to be even larger issue in much larger countries such as the usa which is another developed huge country so there'll be huge productivity issues there but perhaps online communication tech can solve this where we won't need that transport well i think you bring up a very big point of can we get away with investing in both will that still achieve the goal of combating climate change effectively and i think that investing heavily in both projects at this stage has the potential to be an economic and political nightmare. 
Typically, large infrastructure projects secure contracts from governments in order to fast track the new product into everyday use. Different governments would disagree on the universal energy for travel and logistically international travel could therefore be very difficult. Say England is all battery electric vehicle and France is all hydrogen infrastructure. So you can't charge your car and that becomes very difficult. Now, competition is inevitable when two industries compete for the same thing. While this can improve innovation and therefore drive prices down, this could cause problems as one industry blocks the other and sabotages them, sabotages them, aiming to slow their progress. In addition, the amount of investment from governments and private companies to make one of these options universal is huge. Investing in both may actually slow down the development of one to the point where government policy goals are not met, such as the 2030 no new petrol or diesel cars being sold in the UK. So that's that's the overview of the investment potential market share of these two ideas. I think now that we've assessed the scientific background and the sort of socio-economic and political background, how about we talk about what might actually happen in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think considering the future trends is, well, exactly what this debate is about, where we're seeing this battle and this is sort of where we need to get to the point of what are the countries going to do? Like what 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 are the most likely future trends? And we'll see differences in developing countries versus developed countries, countries that already have battery electric battery electric infrastructure, and some countries that are just starting brand new. Maybe they'll go straight to hydrogen, and their infrastructure issue is not something that they really need to consider as they're just going straight into a new thing. And I think uh, yeah, as we're considering these future trends on a scientific side. I think battery electrics are inevitably inevitably going to get a greater capacity and they will get a long range. Uh, I, I believe Tesla is currently constantly working on new technologies, trying to increase their range and multiple countries. So multiple companies are uh, working on this too. It might actually catch up with hydrogen, maybe not to the extent that we that we imagine but yeah it, it will be catching up slowly uh, as as we invest into this infrastructure. So governments and companies might see this uh see the science improving and just sort of not really uh, like realize that we don't need hydrogen as much as in the future and the future trends see battery electric capacity improving and sure. considering this idea of uh battery electric uh batteries uh we also need to consider the lithium ion issue it is a limited resource and we will run out eventually and actually at the moment even the mining of lithium isn't keeping up with battery electric demands. So eventually when we do run out, we could actually instead move to fluoride ion batteries that will offer longer range, which is around 625 miles uh, in a car. So there are solutions to these issues on the battery side of things. And perhaps it's not just like we need hydrogen for that long range concept. And from a legal, um, political standpoint, we've got that law coming in in 2030 where no new petrol or diesel cars can be sold um, in UK markets. Now, that may act as a tester for other laws that may come into force for boats or planes or trucks or trains. However, it obviously depends on how the government sees the success of the certain industries. So for the 
battery electric car vehicle industry, it could be deemed as a great success because Tesla's had the courage to push it forward. And because the battery electric car vehicle market is so huge and the government agree that it is capable of taking on the new sales of cars in the UK as of 2030, it's become a viable option. However, I, I don't see other laws for planes and trains coming into force as soon as 2030, obviously, but even in the five, 10 years after that, because as you say, the level of development for batteries takes a lot longer to get to the point of being able to fly Boeing 777s than it does for a Hyundai, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think we're still talking in, while, while we're considering the future trends, we're not, there is so much ambiguity here and it, it really depends on what governments and companies will prioritize and value the most. And I, I think I certainly agree with you there. I think hydrogen is a much quicker and we we can see it in the much nearer future supplying for trucks, boats and planes uh, where battery electrics really can't provide for in the, in, in the current status. So I think if we see a push with hydrogen vehicles in uh, in the large vehicle sense and the long distance sense, maybe its infrastructure will inevitably improve where we can start seeing it expand towards cars. And this is really where I see a hybrid future. I think this is this is what I believe. And I'll ask you what you believe in, in a moment. This is really what I believe company and uh, companies and many governments around the world will see electric cars uh, as in the future. This is how they're going to push forward in a hybrid manner. And I don't think the co uh, competition is going to matter too much. I think they might actually help each other, push each other. So, yeah, I really believe hydrogen could expand in the long range business. Battery electrics could rapidly improve in where they are already so successful. And we can see the expansion of both of them slowly, but surely. And this hybrid, I believe it, it, it doesn't just mean um, hybrid in a sense of two separate industries moving moving forward i honestly think there could be cars with hybrid battery electrics and hydrogen in them just as we see battery electric and gasoline cars right mm. now with the battery electrics providing the extra range in the end um or just providing that or maybe in the reverse sense the gasoline providing the extra range that electrics can't provide and we could maybe see hydrogen providing the extra range for battery electrics uh in in uh, with an infrastructure that uh, throughout the entire world where both are accessible sure i mean in my eyes it would be great to have all the countries introducing competition finding out new solutions to the renewable energy market and thus powering our transport in the future however it's so difficult to have that cohesion and competition when countries are at such different rates in terms of development, because there are certainly many countries right now who would love to make a great impact on climate change, but simply can't because their population doesn't want to. The laws wouldn't be popular in their country and it's not a major priority for them. So, yes, I do think that it would be a great idea to encourage competition and things like that. I don't see it happening as quickly or as cohesively as we might imagine. But who knows? The future is the future. And the beautiful thing about it is that it's very difficult to predict, especially in such a rapidly developing market such as this. 
And I think it's incredibly exciting, not just the potential for cars on our roads, but also the planes, the trucks, the trains, the boats, um, as the, the sh- international shipping business is one of the biggest emitters of carbon dioxide in itself. So, yeah, I think this episode has been a really important discussion. I think it's been a really interesting discussion. And have you got any final thoughts? Yeah, I think it's really important to realise, and I'm sure the, the audience and you and me, we've both realised that there, it's really hard to just have a set idea of what the future is going to look like. There's so many options out there and it really depends on what people just like you and me are going to decide on. And I think it's going to be a very significant decision if we just go down one route um, or if we decide to go through both of them. Um, but yeah, it, it's a decision companies are going to have to make. I personally see a hybrid future, but who knows? That's exactly the point of this kind of conversation. It really is. Who knows? And that's why it's because they're so highly competing and they have their own advantages and disadvantages. We really don't know where the future is going to take us. Well, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? And thank you very much for everyone listening for staying this long into the podcast. I hope you've learned something. I hope we've brought a topic to your mind so that you can go away and think about this and form your own opinions on it. And There we go. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.